0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Matthew Gavidia, Associate Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. As healthcare utilization experienced market declines in 2020 due to COVID 19, there were hopeful expectations from the medical community that routine care would rebound or even increase this year to make up for the pandemic. However, according to a recent study by the Epic Health Research Network and Kaiser Family Foundation, findings indicated that for the second year in a row, routine medical care and hospital admissions remained below expected levels in the early months of 2021. On this episode of Managed Care we speak with Jackie Gerhart, family medicine physician at Epic and lead clinician on the study, who addressed several potential implicating factors of the study findings and the adverse impact that continued foregone medical care may have on public health in the near future. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Jackie. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I am Jackie Gerhart. I'm a physician and a VP of Clinical Informatics at Epic. Epic's an electronic medical record that is used at many clinics and hospitals throughout the world, and it's also used by patients using the MyChart app and by hospital leaders and administrators looking at data for analytics in their healthcare and in their hospitals. But in addition to software and applications, we also are starting to do some research on emerging health trends, and that's how you and I got connected. So for these studies, we partner with academic organizations, researchers, and others like Kaiser Family Foundation for this one in particular.
0: And as the pandemic brought substantial declines in non-COVID healthcare utilization and spending, other services such as telemedicine experienced market surges in use. With epic health research network and kaiser family foundation having explored data on these hospital admissions and prior research at the beginning of this year and in 2020 can you speak on what findings were uncovered and projections leading up to this updated analysis
1: so during the pandemic many offices and clinics were shut down as you know and people anticipated they wouldn't be able to get their usual care for acute or chronic diseases so people that were used to going in for things like diabetes checks Often would have to hold off on those, um, even though telemedicine started to surge more in April and May, and some of people were able to get things done over telemedicine, which was helpful. But even so, we still saw that there wasn't the same level of utilization in healthcare um, in, in terms of spending, also in terms of just making it to a clinic, an ED, or a hospital. We even saw some sometimes there were fewer strokes and fewer heart attacks in the ER which is surprising because you would think people would be coming in for those no matter what but we really did see a decrease across the board and really that is because of multiple different competing forces so for example people might be staying home more because they didn't want to go into the clinic or the hospital because they were fearful of getting COVID. So they might have waited till more acute levels of their disease before actually coming in, which is one thing we published a study on in EHRN. And by the way, EHRN um, is that Epic Health Research Network, which you described. And the goal of it is to try to get out good data quickly. So we have information from, it's a HIPAA limited data set from multiple different healthcare organizations that contribute healthcare data to be able to be researched to try to find some new and important findings for advancing research and for also clinicians. So one of the things that we published on was, was, along with KFF, was showing that this utilization not only remained low during the pandemic, but we were interested to see that in 2021 and through April, we actually didn't see it come back to normal and or exceed normal. And why that's really interesting is because We thought that maybe for things like preventive screenings, like cancer, people would rush into the clinic once it opened up again to be able to get those done. Or we thought that maybe as masks came off and things opened up that people might be more interested in being seen in person but we've actually not seen that rise yet. And overall in healthcare spending in general, KFF pointed this out too in the article, that just in terms of an individual's healthcare spending, overall that's down
0: by over
1: about 7%. So again, just really surprising, And um, but many multifactorial.
0: And delving further into the findings of the analysis, it indicated that healthcare utilization has yet to rebound from the delayed and foregone care stemming from the pandemic with hospital admissions and spending below expected levels through mid-2021, considering that some thought utilization of healthcare services would rebound or even increase this year to make up for the pandemic, can you explain these findings further, especially factors that continue to slow the progression to pre-pandemic levels? Sure.
1: Yeah, there's several factors that contribute to the lower than expected number of admissions and amount of health care that's being sought out. And there's a few different things sometimes it's fear of wanting to go into a clinic or hospital for that has covid sometimes it's that they've already bypassed what they need so for example someone might have needed a mammogram in 2020 but now it's 2021 and so their 2021 which their 2020 mammogram which they would have done then has kind of already passed and they just would get follow up for their yearly one this year so it's in some cases they don't need to quote unquote make up What was missed same thing might go for something like diabetes they may have gotten seen every six months or on a yearly basis rather than every three months simply because their clinician decided to perhaps communicate them with them through my chart for example to say you know it looks like your numbers are looking good we do not need to see you this time around we'll see you again next year so i think that both for acute care and chronic care There's been some shift in expectation of how often someone needs to be seen. Um, On the hospitalization side of things, there's also an, the issue of, of different healthcare workers um, having staffing problems, so we saw throughout the pandemic that there were decrease in nurses in the hospital, and also it's just really hard to, as you can imagine, a lot, of, a lot of providers are a little bit burned out, and it's really hard to continue to see patients and continue to not only see the ones that you were looking at pre-pandemic, but also grow your panel or grow your practice or grow your availability such that you can still fit. in some of those extra um, cases or extra patients. And and that can really put a, a burden and a strain on the health system as well. So, and then back to the acute and chronic conditions, it could be that someone had say, you know, a cold that we would typically come in for, but they just decided that they would hold out at home, or again, a chronic condition that just wasn't as intense. So for example, with people masking and uh, staying shelter in place and distancing, we showed in a different EHRN study that infections are down. So the amount of times that people were getting influenza was down, the number of times that kids were getting RSV was down. And so those uh, traditional visits that people would usually go in to say an urgent care or an ER4 actually may have just been taken care of at home. So those are some of the factors.
0: Healthcare costs was also cited in the study as a potential contributing factor to the lower than expected trends observed in non COVID healthcare utilization. With the threat of the Delta variant threatening to prolong the economic downturn of the pandemic, what may be some strategies to consider in addressing this concern?
1: Of course, with the Delta variant, we are worried that we may be in a situation where cases are rising or hospitalizations are rising. So the first thing to think about is how can we all make sure that we're staying safe and protected. So making sure that healthcare workers can continue to work and aren't getting ill is one key factor. So keeping them safe with PPE, making sure that uh, folks are getting the vaccine and continuing to do social distancing and masking when you can, um, especially if you're in a high transmittable area is one of the keys to make sure that this pandemic is able to start wrapping up or at least hopefully wrap up sooner rather than later. And in addition to that, we, we want people to be focusing on their preventive care. And so even if it's not resulting in uh, a visit to the hospital or a visit to the clinic or a visit to the ER, that's just one way to measure utilization. People can be getting care in a lot of other settings nowadays. So they may be getting it via telemedicine or they may be, you know, joining um, alternate therapies like uh, they could be doing exercise or physical therapy or um, really focusing on their diet, things like that, that could actually be potentially helping some of their chronic diseases. So, in this time when we're re- rethinking how a person spends money on healthcare or approaches healthcare, really looking at some of the things that prevent and, ca- and help people maintain their healthcare is something that would be really important. In terms of other strategies during the academic downturn, when you look at healthcare organizations, they have remained extraordinarily nimble in how they've been able to address these healthcare concerns. So back even before Delta, when we were doing testing and when we were just starting doing vaccinations, Organizations that were able to be nimble to put up workflows that allowed them to get tests done quickly and to get patients through the vaccination lines quickly really were able to serve their population and still maintain many of those healthcare costs that would be not only beneficial to patients to be able to get those tests done, but also help to bring those patients closer to their health system, um, even if they're not coming in for a typical visit. So, those are a couple of ways that I think. I think number one, trying to decrease the economic downturn by trying to decrease COVID in general is key. But then number two, coming up with and shifting to different ways that healthcare systems can really impact their community is another factor.
0: And building on that, what are some next steps following these findings?
1: Yeah. So these findings were primarily looking at uh, acute stays and hospital stays and also on spending. And obviously our country is doing a very strong look at healthcare spending and how we can get quality and value out of that spending. And a follow-up to this would be to really look at, yes, these these things have decreased and explore more not only why, but also whether in what cases that is a sort of a good or a bad thing. There may be times when we want to serve patients in a different way than we traditionally did. Telemedicine is one extraordinary example of that. And so really looking towards innovation to try to help with that quality and cost is the next steps from this study.
0: And lastly, is there anything else you wanted to add that has not yet been addressed?
1: Well, I I think we didn't discuss too much about the Epic Health Research Network and the data that we were looking at. So I just wanted to touch on that quick. The data that was in the study with KFF was combined with EHRN data, which comes from Cosmos. And Cosmos is that HIPAA limited data set. Right now we have over 118 million patient records in that set, and it allows us to really have a deeper dive into what people are experiencing in terms of real world data. So. When looking at trends like this, there is a lot of power in having that many patient records and also a lot of breadth and depth in being able to explore different questions. So for any of you out there that are listening and have ideas of questions that you're interested in asking, please feel free to go to EHRN.org, that's our website, and you can submit an idea right on the upper right-hand corner. You can also subscribe and we will send you our most recent findings uh, via email. So thanks for listening. And I really appreciate having the time with you.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us, Jackie. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.